Late Night Talk on O11-883-0702. 14 minutes after 11 o'clock, Vanessa Brown is my guest. She's author of the book Bears, uh, Bears, Rebecca's Journey. Vanessa, thank you very much for joining us once again. It really is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hi, Aubrey. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. And this time we've got the Cape Talk people listening too. So welcome to them and thank you for being with us. Indeed. A thoroughly informed Vanessa Brown. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you're in Cape Town, you can uh, join the conversation uh, by calling in on 021-446-0567. Here in Johannesburg, 011-883-0702. It's a a difficult subject, Vanessa, to broach uh, the issue of how we can help ourselves. And I suppose the conversation is not about ignoring professional help, but how with the help of professionals, we can also help ourselves, especially if we've gone through some form of traumatic abuse, how we can help ourselves out of the abyss of um, of the loss of self-esteem and perhaps victimhood uh, back into a place where we feel ourselves again free and quite happy. Can you tell us perhaps what inspired your thoughts around these seven steps? Um, Aubrey, when um, I wrote my book and when I had my last interview with you, I was still less confident to talk about also what happened to me. But, um, you know, you grow and I move forward and I've realized that in order to get my message out, I'm going to have to be brave and I'm going to have to be able to also talk about myself. Yes. So um, the reason I started creating these steps is because Right through my childhood, into my teens, and into my deep into my adult life, I was a victim. Sometimes it was so subtle that you, I didn't even realize it. And other times it was quite blatant. But one thing that I picked up after the worst um, abuse that, um, you know, I just came to a point where I realized that this has to stop. Um, why do I keep on doing this? What is making me keep on choosing these people? How do I stop the cycle? Because there's, it felt to me as if there's nobody out there that can tell me how. Um, there's lots of education of teaching people not to be abusers, and um, it doesn't seem to be working because the statistics for abuse are just going up and up, and um, sympathy gets lost for people who keep on returning to the abusers because there's a lack of understanding for why and the power that the abuser has over these people. Now, with these seven steps that I've created, um, I created them around my book because I've given my book and some people have bought my book and I've been getting feedback. And I realized that while the book itself tells a very clear story, uh, many people might not pick up the message. And um, I began to get the idea that I can create these steps to help them use the book and then um, get themselves through, uh, because it's a long journey. It's not a road trip. It's a journey. You know, it's a life thing that you have to go on. Yeah. So Vanessa, I, let, let me just get a little yeah. bit of clarity here. So when we're talking about the book, we're talking about uh, Bez, uh, Rebecca's journey, journey, right? That's the, the book that you wrote about your um, experience with uh, with uh, relationship abuse, abused by people that you were in a relationship uh, with. Am I, am I correct? 
Yes, yes. Right. Um, general but, abuse also, but uh, mostly in my case it was relationship abuse. Yeah. Um, I took uh, my story and I um, you know, mixed in a couple of other people's stories to make it everybody's story. And I think we discussed it last time. That's also why... I created bears yes. instead of people. And it was a very interesting caricature of that of your life story in such a way that it had helped people um, you know, have the ability to, to access the story without perhaps uh, revealing too much of your own personal story. But you're saying to me that you, you're happy now to be a little more forthright about your own personal story? I am happy to be a little bit more forthright yeah. in the sense that I, I don't want to go and talk about you know, exactly what was done sure. because everybody experiences the abuse sure. and it's, it's, um, it's not what I want to focus on. That's, that's very comforting. That, that's very, very comforting, uh, Vanessa, because indeed in the first conversation we had, uh, while people could understand what you were saying, they, they were a little bit uh, uh, lost as to exactly how does it link with Vanessa Brown herself. So, you know, as and when you are comfortable with revealing whatever uh, issues that pertain to the reality of your uh, specific abuse, uh, I'll, I'll be um, you know open to taking your your lead as far as that is concerned. Because really, I, I'm more interested in the principle of the issues that you're trying to uh, help us understand. And then the second thing that I want to ask you a little bit about is that you seem to be suggesting that there needs to be a greater conversation to be had about why is it that there seems to be a pattern by the victims of abuse in the choosing of the partners that end up abusing them? Are you suggesting that in the abuse there is a role that must be um, discussed of the victim in why they continue to, or the role, the, the, the victim's role in constantly choosing to be with people that are more likely to be abusers in those relationships. And you're suggesting that that pattern has got a particular story that needs to be, um, to be put out there as education as we talk about uh, the power dynamics, the relationships between abusers and victims. Yes. Yes. Um, I I, I think that's very, very important because, uh, you know, I'm glad it's coming from you because I think that many people might think it, but I think that a lot of people might be afraid to even suggest that in the relationship between abuser and victim, there may be something that is that is making the abuse, the victim gravitate towards people who have certain characteristics, uh, certain abusive characteristics. Not that we're saying that the uh, victim wants to be abused, but they seem to be drawn to certain characteristics. Is that what I'm hearing right? Yes, yes. Um, and and the, the, the uh, thing lies in sure. it. Sure, that is so powerful, I- yeah? identify what is in it. I'll tell you how it happened. After I got away from, you know, I I got my freedom and I I was on my own, I began to realize that my body is free, but my mind is not. I'm still a victim. Um, and, And I wanted it to stop. And I spoke to somebody and 
um, the message that I got was that I need to look within myself and find out what it is inside me that calls to people like that. What is the need within me that I need to have fulfilled that makes me go to people like that? And um, within myself, I discovered a need to have somebody that cares for me, that takes care of me, and that really, really just loves me for who I am. Because for some reason, maybe as a child, I had never felt accepted. So what I did was I was looking for people to give this to me, but because of my strong need, I was drawn to people who seemed to be giving it in an overdose. So that need was never fulfilled, but um, I thought it would be because this person, when you meet them, there's always this honeymoon period where they make you feel so safe and they make you feel um, you are their whole world. And then they start isolating you. And, um, you know, if you can recognize what it is within you that calls to this, these characteristics and you can strengthen yourself, because I feel that um, you know, if you study the enemy all the time, you will know a lot about that enemy, but you don't know anything about yourself. So you need to learn about who you are and what makes you the kind of person who seems to be a perpetual victim. And all right, Vanessa, I, I, I want to invite calls at this point because I think it's so, so important what you've just said. Give me a call if you recognize what Vanessa is saying in the abusive relationship that you've been in. This is the question I'm asking you. Do you recognize any truth in what Vanessa is suggesting that sometimes there are certain qualities, negative qualities, that the victims of abuse may be attracted to in their abusers? Right? That it may start out, as Vanessa is saying, as a dream-like infatuation love situation, yeah? But it is one that pulls you into this isolation where you're completely isolated and insulated from other people and then abused in that situation. But what I find intriguing is that Vanessa seems to be suggesting that there needs to be an introspective process that the abuse, the victims need to go through in order to understand what is it about them that is attracted to abusers. But Vanessa, I, I want to come back to you and understand whether you are saying that the victims of abuse like being abused? No, um, they do not like being abused. Um, there's no way that um, uh, uh, you know anybody can ever enjoy being abused. The problem is that the victim loses victim loses their identity, and the reason I think one of the many reasons that they keep going back is because you're alone out there in the big wide world. You're now free from your abuser, and that's where they leave you. Now you're free. Now get on with your life. And you don't know how because for so many years you've been told exactly who you are, what to think, what to do, when to do it. So you, uh, uh, you need sure. somebody to tell you who you are. And that's why you go and seek out another person who is a big enough bully to tell you who you are because you've lost your identity. You don't know um, 
you know, anything anymore about yourself. So, uh, and I think it's that sense of loneliness and lostness that often, because you'll find also that people who leave their abusers, they all end up in a whole bunch of relationships after that if they don't go back. And, and that's why you'll get comments like, yeah, but you know, why did this woman stay with this guy? You know, yeah. why, why, why does she keep going back to this guy? It's that particular dynamic that you're bringing into this conversation that we perhaps yes. need a little more understanding about, about the magnetism of the abuser on the victim and the fact that the abuser has got such a powerful hold over the identity of the victim, victim that the victim no longer understands themselves outside of of the parameters that have been provided by the abuser. Yes. All right, Vanessa, because this is this is a big one for me. I think it's a such an important one. By the way, O double one eight eight three O seven O two or O two one double four six O five six seven. You've heard it. Every time we speak about the abuse of women, men, children, yeah? Yes. There is always the the, the question that's asked by some genius, yeah, but why does she go back, eh? Why why doesn't she just leave, eh? Vanessa is going to give us a little bit of insight into that particular thing. You've worked out seven steps to get out of that process. And I suppose one of them, Vanessa, is identifying and acknowledging the fact that you are somehow, you're somehow, (laughs) I don't know how even to say this, but you're somehow attracted to people that abuse. Yes, yes. Um, it, it, it's um, the first step. I've used Rebecca's name to create my seven steps to make it easy to remember. And the first step is recognize the trap. What is it that is keeping you there? Um, because once you can understand what is the power that this person has over you, yeah. you know, so it's a big thing. Um, you, you have to uh, understand what is this person doing to you? Why can he keep you there? And um, once you can just begin to understand what is it that you're looking for and what is keeping you with this person, then you start to getting free. Because usually in these relationships, it reaches a point where it gets so bad that um, it's do or die, you know, and very often and very sadly sometimes it's die. And if if the person uh, who is in the um, situation can recognize the trap, the trap of guilt, for instance, the guilt that the person, your abuser, puts over you, the, the, the things that he's using. If you can start uncovering those lies, um, they use your children against you. Um, false threats that if you think about it afterwards, you think to yourself, how could I believe that? But also because most abusers are unpredictable, you don't know what they're going to do next. If they tell you they're going to kill your brother if you do that, you, you, you can, you know, you expect that they might just do that because of what they've done to you. So there's the fear. The fear, I think, is one of the strongest power and the psychological traps that, that are created that hold the victim in that situation. Um, it's a very complex um, network of um, uh, guilt traps uh, that, that get created that make this uh, victim stay where they are because they believe that everything is their fault. It's, it's everything is, um, uh, you know, everything that goes wrong, everything is their fault. They are responsible for everything. Um, if the, the, the abuser comes home from a bad day at work, it's your fault. 
Yeah. And that's how your mind state becomes more and more and more like a victim to such a point that even if you are out of a situation and you do not find an abuser, you will find ways you will abuse yourself without mm. even knowing it. So deep it goes. Vanessa, will, I, have a, I have a number of calls already that okay. want to engage, but uh, what you're saying sounds so, so true. And, and, and I suppose for those that have gone through that process of abuse, it's resonating very powerfully. It's a conversation that is very, very seldom had. To what extent does the victim of abuse participate in their abuse? Now, it's very important for us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to frame this conversation in the right way. No one is saying that the victims of abuse like to be abused. No one is saying that the victims of abuse look for being abused. But what Vanessa is saying is that there is a pattern of influences that a, an abuser um, puts upon the, the victim that create a need for the familiar almost, Vanessa, right? Yes. So if, 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 if the abuser has created in your mind that this is your world, this is your reality, and you come to a point where you know no other reality, it's probably true that you'll always go back to what you know, what you are most comfortable with, even though it is not comfortable. And that is where I, I, I look at the human mind and how we are wired sometimes. And it scares me because I see it. I see it on a daily basis, how people will keep going back to very abusive situations. And it's not because they like it but it's because that's all they know. That's all they've come to internalize. That's what their identity has become. Yes, it's almost like a hostage situation. Yeah. If you, if, if right. you want to see it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All you right. know, you've been, been held hostage by, by your mind. Yes, yes. I, I think they've got a name for something like that, especially for people that have been kidnapped. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it's um, the Helsinki syndrome or something like that. Or some yeah, city in the Nordic countries. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. O double one eight eight three O seven O two. Jackie is in Johannesburg. Jackie, hi. Hello, Jackie. Yeah, how are you? Okay? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you, Jackie. Go ahead, man. Yes, man. I mean, I live in Mabonin. The thing is, I'm, I'm more of an abuser, Oprah. The thing is, I don't know, man. It's like when I was young, I was not loved that much. But when I met a girl, and by the time she started to love me, I start to feel the thing that I must push it away, and that's when the abuse that happens. I don't know why it happens to me like this. Wow, Jackie. So, so, so you, you in this equation are the one that does the abusing. What, what form does your abusing take? Is it, is it physical violence sometimes? Man, it starts, it start, it start like emotionally. Then it comes verbally. Then actually everything, but physically it's not. Okay, so you're not physically violent, but but you you recognize that you are you are emotionally and psychologically violent to your partner. Yes, that's the thing. Because how, how do you know this? How how do you know this, Jackie? Because it's like when when she start to love me, when I see that the love now is building up and the love start to become real, and I I, I want to push it away because mm. it's the thing. Maybe it's how I grew up because I grew up in a abusive family. Yes, I yes. Thought, I try, I try by all means to make sure that I don't want this thing to happen. I even say, I even say, all my girlfriends, when I met them, I tell them straight, you know what, my dad was abusive. I tried to tell them at first, but to me, this thing does happen. I don't know what it is, it just manifests. I, I hear you. 
and and you've recognized it you see that it happens do you sometimes know when it's about to happen so in other words when your when your partner is showing you love do you feel inside of yourself sometimes that you are welling up certain feelings of anger resentment uh, do you, can you feel it coming Yes, yes, I can feel it coming. But the thing is, I don't know why it's happening because that's what I want. But it feels like I'm becoming my dad now. And, and you can't stop yourself? I just can't stop myself, man. I, the way I even got cases, man. She's, I even got cases like you take me to for domestic, for domestic violence and things like that. But it's not like I beat them up. It's the, it's the emotion. It's sure, the and, and the emotional violence, the psychological violence can sometimes be worse than the physical violence, uh, mm-hmm. Jackie. That's and if you don't know why, you can't, you don't know how to stop it, I imagine. I even joined the man, what you call these things, Brothers for Life, who were there, we were discussing the whole thing here in Mabonin. But the thing is, it just can't help me. Sure. All right, Jackie, will you please listen in on the radio as Vanessa and I talk about this? But I don't know, maybe what we can do for you is also introduce you to some of our friends in this business, in the business of trying to help people get better perspective of why they do certain things. Uh, And I'm glad that you point to the fact that you come from an abusive family. Your father was just as abusive. And maybe some of these things you learned, you caught them by osmosis at some point. Uh, will, Will you stay listening, Jackie? Yes, I will. I will. Thank you very much for your call, Jackie. I, I really appreciate your call. Wow. Vanessa, I want to take a few, because there's lots of calls coming through. I just want to take a few calls. But please, can you make a note of Jackie's call? Because I think it's very, very, very important um, in this conversation. It's part of the equation. Portia is in Johannesburg. Hi, Portia. Hi, uh, uh, Aubrey. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Portia. I'm the second time calling you. You remember the first time was about character. Oh, Portia. I'm, I'm, I, I, oh, we were talking about faith or something like that, yeah? Yeah. Ah, yes. I remember anyway, your voice now. Yeah, go ahead. I'm Portia. relating I'm relating to Vanessa. Yes. Because I think I've got most of the same experience. Um, I think a great part of the abuse is also like I was a rejected child. Yes. And grew up as a stepchild. Yeah. And that rejection rejection has always been a part of me. Yes. And so getting married and, okay, even before that, I was always rejected. Yes. At school, at home, you know, and as a stepchild, you get rejected. But when I got married, I thought it was going to end. Yes. And it never ended. It continued. It went on and it got worse and worse and worse. Until I got divorced. But now the attraction to wanting, like, or attracting the same kind of people all the time, it's because you don't experience love. And so when somebody comes to you and sort of give you the idea that that person loves you, yes, that is an attraction. Yes. Because that's what you're looking for. Yes. You don't know that you're attracting the same person who's an abuser. Yes. And so you, because you're looking for love, you, 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 you don't have the love that you need and want in your life. So when this person comes up to you and this person sorts of tells you all the nice things you want to hear that you've never heard. Yes. That is an attraction to the person. I, I, I hear you, Portia. I really appreciate. So if there's a thirst for love inside of you, 
yes. if there is a deep desire, which is the desire, I suppose, of most most people, and it's yes. given to you, albeit yes. it's done by somebody who has um, a weakness, perhaps like Jackie, who's just called now, or uh, very very conscious about their abusiveness. You fall into that trap and you sort of hand exactly. over your identity to this person and this person yes. begins to basically own you. Yes. You know, it's because while you are being abused, there's no sign of love from anybody. You know, oh. you, you, you're not experiencing love. So you leave this person and you continue, go on with life and you meet somebody else that's telling you all the things you want to hear and know. That is an attraction where he attracts you. Now you're thinking you found somebody that loves you. And what, 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 is it, what is it about you, though, Portia? What um, is it about you that is so thirsty for, for that kind of, of story and love that is going to come from what, what will later become because, an abuser? It's because I grew up as a stepchild. And a stepmother and father and brothers and sisters. And I I don't know if I should... Look, it wasn't a pleasant brain yes. up. Yes. It was always that you reminded you are sick in some way or the other. It's not like you, your sister could be doing something wrong and she will blame you. And obviously you are the guilty one when you're not... I hear you. I hear you. Portia, I'm going to let you go, but thank you very much for your very brave call. I really, really appreciate it. The the call from Jackie, too, is a brave call. Yeah? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 11-883-0702. Tsepo William Dake reminds me. It's called the Stockholm Syndrome, Vanessa. That's the name that we were looking for for that uh, condition where the victim falls in love almost uh, with their abuser. Speak to Grant in Greenside. Grant, hi. Hi, hi, Aubrey. Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know just listening to your other callers. It's it's so prevalent. You know your your background, where you come from, in terms of like being rejected and so on and so forth, and then this sort of follows you right through your adult life and uh, in your relationships as well. Yeah. In my case, been together for twenty six years, and we've just like had a well one of a few bumpy rides where we sort of split up. Um, not much, sort of, not many words like exchange, just split, one party moves out the house, and uh, then a few months later you get back together, and it's just, nothing really gets resolved. Um, but I I seem to be the party also that I want, I want the recognition, but at the same time I want the rejection. <laughs> it's It's like, it's like, a tug of war within yourself all the time. As soon as you get the affection or the love, you dismiss it. Is it, beca- is it because you, you somehow un- feel some, somehow unworthy of the love, yeah, so you, you, yeah. you, you don't even trust it, you, you think it's not real, it's a, it's yeah. a scam? Yeah. I don't, I've, I've, I've gotten to the point uh, now, of, it's now four weeks that we like kind of separated. Yeah. And I, I'm at the point where you know, I think to myself, now I've been like blurting out a whole lot of information to people about my past, uh, from my school days and things, yeah. to people that are fairly close to me. And I think to myself, now, it's, it's things that I've kept very private for all my life. And now all of a sudden I bear my soul and 
you know, how do I defend myself at a later stage? Because now this is like in the in the ether kind of thing. Yeah. And I just you you tend you tend to lose trust because you in in our group of friends, it's almost as though I found that this has been sort of building up for some time. Because when my partner left me, um, he went and stayed with friends and took the dog with, and this was it must have been pre-planned. You couldn't just like rock up there like yeah. overnight. So it 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 was sort of done with uh, with the friends. Uh, they all knowing about it, but nobody said, "Listen, speak to him about it, resolve it, or can't we get together with you guys?" Something like that. In, you know, like kind of marriage counseling. Yep, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they rather it was adding fuel to the fire kind of thing. Grant, thanks very much for your call. Much appreciated. DD is in East Rand. Hi, DD. Hi, Aubrey. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, DD. Go ahead. What is on your mind? Okay, good. This is going to sound a bit like deja vu because someone already faded. Yeah. But there is an issue of abandonment issues in some of the babies that do get into abusive situations. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe as a child you are abandoned. It could be by an ex-lover. Yes. It could be your ex-boyfriend. Yes. Who didn't treat you, you know, the way you wanted to be treated. Yes. So you, you have a certain desire of love. So when you meet this new guy, he's asking you, where are you? He shows you he cares. He's getting jealous. So you, you are attracted to that. Yes. You're attracted to someone who's very possessive over you. Yes. But what you don't understand is that that possessiveness it's like sort of like an obsession. But, but but here's a quick question that I want to ask you. What is it about you that needs um, love that that presents itself as possession, as or as jealousy? What what is it about you that that is attracted that that feels safe in a love that is almost. Um, yeah, that is that is that is possessive. That uh, why is it that you feel flattered by the fact that somebody will uh, fight somebody because they looked at you in a particular way as you were passing by? Okay, I think this comes back to the initial topic that we're having right now: the fact that um, you have low self-esteem mm. as a result of maybe your abandonment issues. Yes. So that your self-esteem to say that okay someone is willing to fight for me someone is willing to someone loves me yes so that command that possessiveness is sort of like love to you you yes. never got that before your previous boyfriend or in your childhood everyone just brushed you away like you're nothing yes. nobody fought for you so this is someone who's fighting who's willing to do anything for you I'm going to go back to Vanessa but Didi thank you very much for your great call but here's the final question from me Okay. Do you think that it is a useful conversation to have uh, a conversation about that part of the abusive equation that says, what about the victim? What is it about the victim that makes them gravitate towards the the abuser? Do you think that it's a useful conversation? Because I, I can almost... and, and Quite frankly, I haven't had anybody say that, but I thought when we were starting this conversation with Vanessa that somebody might feel that we are somehow suggesting that the the victim loves or looks for yeah. for, for abuse and likes it. And I'm I'm glad that nobody has has interpreted that way. But do you think it's an it's a it's a it's a useful conversation to be having? I think it is because I think it starts right there. 
So maybe when you solve the problem right there, when someone feels abandoned before they get into their next relationship, if they can have that conversation to say, okay, there's nothing wrong with you. You are fine. You don't need someone to sort of, you know, make you feel as though you are something because you are. Didi, thank you very much for your call. I really appreciate it. Great stuff. Yeah, somebody says, I tend to agree with Vanessa's argument. During my life, I've met several women uh, that tend to every time gravitate towards the abusive type, essentially becoming a serial abusee. Vanessa, so you've heard the call. I thought the call from Jack was quite intriguing. He has identified in himself as you know, as identified himself as an abuser because of, because of the way that he treats his partner. He seems, he, seems, he seems not to be able to control it. He's gone to different people to try and help him and uh, he's been, you know, part, uh, part of groups that are having these conversations. What do you make of these calls? Um, first of all, for Jack, I would like to um, say very much respect for the fact that he actually was willing to call in and say that, you know, he feels that he doesn't treat his lady right and that it sounds as if he would like to find a way to stop. Now, what I pick up from that is I think that for some reason he feels that he doesn't deserve her love and that it's sort of because of some way that he may have been treated as um, a child or whenever he, he really feels that he doesn't deserve to be loved by her. So the moment that she starts showing him love, he pushes her away. And also, it could also be a fear that he might lose her. There could be so many reasons. So he needs to go and search inside himself and ask himself, why is it that I am pushing away this love? What am I afraid of? What is allowing her to love me going to do to me that makes me so scared? But, for, you know? but, for, but obviously, he's got, to, he's got to get to a point where he understands what he's feeling. Is it fear? What, what is the reason for his, his, his rejection of the love that he's receiving from his partner? Yes. Uh, how how does he get to the point where he actually pinpoints and clearly understands what is the uh, the the inspiration behind his rejection of a love? How do you get to that point? How do you know it? If if I can use a simple analogy, you know, you get some people who've you know, had a, a a whole line of pets that die young. Now they don't want to have pets anymore. It's a very simple analogy, but um, maybe he had relationships that ended early or. Um, anything that uh, could put a fear within you, uh, allowing a person in and, and, and allowing them to love you um, could create that kind of reaction because the best way to stop somebody from loving you is to treat them badly. And that's but but, 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 but he obviously wants love because that's why he's calling. That's yes. why he's, so it, it, it almost sounds like it's a, it's a, it's a cycle of... He, he of involuntary self-sabotage. Yes, he's, he's almost, you could almost call that a form of self-abuse because he's denying himself love through his behavior. And yes, another person is getting hurt through this, but um, he, it is hurting him too. It is not finding any pleasure or joy or satisfaction in what he's doing. Um, it's very clear that, uh, you know, he's not a typical abuser. He's not, I wouldn't even call him an abuser. I would call him a person who doesn't know 
how to handle his relationship. But he obviously and knows that he's abusing his partner. Absolutely, yeah. and, and he wants to fix it. And the only way to do that would be to go and go and do a very deep self-search and go and ask himself, what is it inside me that is uh, that I'm so afraid of? Where did I get hurt so deeply that I will not allow myself to be loved? Because I don't think it's just his girlfriend. He probably has other people, too, that he pushes away. Um, you don't just do that with one person. Give me a call, 11 Do you recognize some of these traits in yourself? Yeah, Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Right, so, so it appears, Vanessa, that there needs to be a lot of self, yes. um, self-introspection that takes place. And I suppose it would be good to, to be done with a professional who can give you the right sort of guidelines, a coach, a psychologist, somebody that can help you uh, understand the very milestones of your self-discovery, I, I would imagine, yeah? Um, I think, uh, yes. Uh, I would. My approach would never be to go and dig all the time in the past because we tend to dig up in the past and you can't fix past mistakes because they were made from a different place. So the better place to start with is to uh, inspect the feelings rather than the the incidents that happened. Uh Um, Look at the feelings within yourself. That's a very good place to start. And if you can find somebody who can ask you the right questions so that you can um, learn how to ask yourself those questions and ask yourself, what is creating this feeling? I often tell people to ask themselves, um, to inspect the very first feeling they feel when something happens before reason takes over. Yeah, that's why I asked the question uh, yeah. with Jackie to say, can you feel it well up inside of you that just before, yes. just before you act in an abusive way, can you feel it coming? And, yes. uh, and he says, yes, I can. I, I, can. I can literally feel it coming. And I suppose it's true also for the abused, the victim who finds themselves falling yet again for an abuser, they probably can identify the feeling of being attracted to a person who they at some level knows this is trouble. I think deep down inside there's a little voice that's telling you no, but the other voices are too loud. Um, What are the the other voices usually saying? The other voices are saying, here you will be safe, this one will take care of you. yeah, it will. It will be okay. He's going to. He loves you. Look how much he's looking after you, or whatever it is that you want to hear. That's what you're gonna hear. And as soon as this person starts telling you who you are and making you, giving you that place of safety, where ah, oh, I don't have to search for my own identity because that's the hardest part of the journey. Is when I came out of my relationship, I, I, I one day I just woke up and I realized I have no idea who I am. And I just wiped the slate and said, okay, then I'm nobody. Oh, and I oh, started oh, recreating oh. myself. Vanessa, I see exactly what you're saying. So you wipe the slate clean and you say, yes, I'm nobody. And therefore, that's why it would be easy for you to have this recurring uh, cycle of abuse. Because if you see yourself as nobody, you're going to want somebody to tell you who you are. Exactly. Now, if you can... Get that, person. that is such a big aha moment for me, Vanessa. Now, if you can get that person from that nobody moment and help them recreate a stronger, wiser, better 
person who can withstand that's what I'm saying make the defenses strong from within stop studying the enemy we know enough about him but we don't know enough about how to defend ourselves against this enemy and I will go as far as to say that many victims are created in childhood um, uh, through patterns and things that happen to them and if we can ask the right questions and once again I will say go to the feelings that you're looking for don't go and look for the things. Go and ask yourself, how do I want to feel? What is, what is the feeling that I'm after that is making me go for this person? Why do I want it in overdoses? And I can answer that question for you. It is because, and, and, and all three of the other callers made it clear, it's, it's, a, it's because there's no self-love. Because you've been told so many times how horrible and useless and absolutely nothingness you are that you cannot find that love in yourself. And that is where once we start to strip off the lies and help you understand, but there is something to love. There is someone to love. Because when you start loving yourself, the need for that other thing goes away. And then instead of filling it, it's that, that, uh, the, the, one for, the, the thing that you're looking for, the feeling that you're looking for, it. Um, the other person mustn't fill a hole. It must fulfill, if you can understand <laughs> yes, the yes, difference. Yes, yes, yes. And once you can... And so there mustn't be a void. There must be something there to interact with the love that the other person is bringing. You can't be bringing nothing to the relationship. Otherwise, yes. he's going to pour himself into you and you don't exist. Yes, yes. All right, let's quickly take this call from Notemba in Soweto. Notemba, hi. Hi, hi, Babu Opri, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Notemba. What is on your mind? Uh, I do relate to this topic that yeah. Ness is talking about. Go ahead. Uh, it's, uh, it's like I do have a void. I do have a fear that is within me. Yes. What do you think that... What do you think you're afraid of, Notemba? I'm afraid of love. I'm afraid of getting close to people. I'm just, I'm just alone. I'm always in doors, closing myself in this room of mine. It's like whenever I go outside, my heart pumps fast. I think it's anxiety. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. What do you think? What do you think will happen to you if you connected with people? If you loved somebody and loved some, and somebody loved you, what do you think would happen? It would be so nice. I, I would feel relieved, but I cannot don't trust anymore. Did something happen in your life before that brought you to this place where you are afraid to connect, to be in love, to be loved? Yes, plenty of things happened in my yeah. life. I'm, I'm turning 21 this year. Yes. So I've been through so much, uh, even now I'm shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Natemba, thanks very much for your call. I, I really appreciate it. Okay, so okay, can I please get some help? Sure, sure, sure. And I'm going to send you back to Ntating. We've got some good friends that uh, can help you um, just talk through what you're going through, all right? Okay, All right, Natemba isn't so it. Yeah, uh, Natemba. I mean, and Tating, can we perhaps connect with our friends at SADAG? Um, 
Yo. Vanessa, you've opened up a, a can here, man. And I think that we need to have a, a follow-up conversation because we haven't had the ability to, 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 to broach all of the issues. First, can you, can you round off to us how to identify whether you are a victim and perhaps how to identify whether you're an abuser? Okay, um, let's start with identifying that you're a victim. Um, you will, in the first place, feel that you are always needing to be the one that is giving. You will always feel that you are the one that is in the wrong. Um, you hardly ever get out on the other end of an argument. It's easier to give up. Um, and to apologize, even if you are not wrong. And to apologize. So uh, you will always feel that you're the least. Um, and, and obviously, if you're being physically abused, uh, you know, you obviously know that you're a victim. But especially in the other, um, even emotional manipulation, when it's done to the right person, can turn into abuse. A simple thing like somebody wanting you, um, not wanting to do something themselves and making you feel emotionally compelled that it's you that has to go and do that now. So there's so many ways to be a victim, but it's always about feeling that you owe somebody something and that you are worthless. Why? Um, it is because from wherever your abuse, your, your state of being a victim would come from, it, it can be a very simple, subtle, one-time thing that somebody just pushed you away and it got stuck in your mind. I'm, you know, there's no way of telling exactly where these things come from. And that's why I say searching in the past and doing all those things is not always worthwhile. And that's why I say go, uh, you need to look for the feelings yes. inside yourself to say, why am I needing, why am I here, what is making me do this? And it, 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 it's most of the time, if you go in deep search, you will find that you've been pushed away, you feel that you don't deserve love or you feel unloved or you, you have a deep desire to just belong. Very often, especially kids who, who've been adopted, no matter how amazing the yeah. adoptive parents are, they have this lack of sense of belonging. It can be people that made you feel that you don't fit in. So, you know, there's so much... So each individual must go and find in himself where's the need that... Yeah, it's a subjective reality that has to yes. be found uh, by each individual on a case-by-case -case basis. Vanessa, can I ask that we continue this conversation sometime soon? I don't know when, um, you know, and Tateng will get in touch with you. I think, I think there's so much more to explore in this conversation. Uh, w will you join us again soon? I would love to. That's All right. Fantastic. And how do people get in touch with you if they want to... Um, they can send me an email at hello at changecreativecoach.co.za. I say that again. Hello, like H E L O O, hello. Yep. At changecreatorcoach.co.za. And my website is the same um, www.changecreatorcoach.co.za. There is a tab for um, Rebecca's journey there already. I'm still busy working on it. I've only recently come to the point where I've 
started creating these steps, so I'm busy Excellent. working on them. Vanessa, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, this change creator thing is going to go very far. Hey? Vanessa, thank you very much. Vanessa Brown, author of Bears, Rebecca's Journey. Hello at changecreatorcoach.co.za. Let's take the news at a minute after midnight.